0: ESG covers a very broad area of topics. There's a lot of lofty goals that we want to head towards, and we can't do that without, A, them being measurable, and, B, there being a consensus around
1: Welcome to Emerging Hope, a responsibly different podcast sharing conversations about innovation and the good it can create. Welcome to another episode of Emerging Hope, where we explore how innovators are using technology for good. So how does procurement impact your sustainability goals and practices as an organization? Or how should it is perhaps the better question. One of the questions we get frequently from you, our listeners, especially from startups, is how can businesses embed sustainability into their procurement processes. So our very own David Gogel reached out to our friends at CounterPoint to answer that very question and share with all of you a tool that could benefit not just your procurement department, but your entire organization. CounterPoint has a product called ReadyRFX that is used by one of the largest global financial institutions for all their procurement needs. The software is malleable, helping procurement teams gain visibility, maintain compliance standards, and increase efficiency. On the show today is their president and founder, Bill Markman, to share with us one way software and technology can be leveraged in service of people and planet.
2: Hey, Bill. Hey, Good to see you. Thanks for making some time here. Do you want to just introduce yourself for our audience?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, So my name is Bill Markman. I'm the president of a company called Counterpoint Consulting. We have been working in the procurement space for several decades now. Uh, We focus on bid management. We have a a product called ReadyRFX that is a SaaS product for basically managing public solicitations, RFPs, RFQs, RFIs. I personally am kind of the chief nerd behind all of this, but Dave asked me to answer some business questions. So I guess I can do that for you. I'll do my best. (laughs) And yeah, so I guess we can dig more into the solution and all that as we go along, but I'm Bill. That's That's super helpful.
2: Yeah. And I appreciate you taking some time. You know, the catalyst for this conversation was we were talking about all the conversation that's happening in the market around the role that procurement departments. Are playing right now as it relates to sustainability um, and the opportunity to play an even bigger role moving forward in that i know that ready rfx is really built to automate um, a lot of the procurement processes that are challenging um, especially for scaling organizations um, can you talk a little bit about kind of in light of this changing landscape how ready rfx assists procurement teams um, and how Uh, the platform can be used to adapt to this era of holistic value and going kind of beyond just tracking potential like costs um, as it relates to a, a bid process?
0: Yeah, of course. So obviously, there is the aspect of cost management, right? So bringing things online, improving their efficiency is obviously going to bring monetary value to the organization. So there is that aspect. But I think it goes far beyond that, right? So when your organization is making purchases. You're obviously dealing with people on the other side of the transaction who are outside of your company. And that involves risk, right? And so one of the other things that we really focus on is is risk reduction in your supply chain. Um, Other factors like that, right? So supply chain optimization or resiliency, important. Um, Increasing your supplier base, being able to gain more value from that, being able to optimize for sustainability because of that, Uh, Those are all important things, right? And and so when we talk about delivering holistic value, obviously it goes beyond just the cost part, like you mentioned, right? So, um, you know, the the software is intended basically to enable you not just to hit your, your KPIs for your procurement function for cost savings. It's also designed to allow you to measure metrics against other things like, you know, sustainability, you know, ESG uh, factors within your supply chain, making sure that you're not you know, one of the companies who ends up in the news because you're using child labor in your factories, things like that. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of value that the procurement department, you know, in, in its modern incarnation, can deliver to the organization that really wasn't a part of their purview before. It's really important to know who you're doing business with. It's really important to know how successful um, and above board, essentially, that supplier has been in the past for you and for other customers, um, you know, adhering to policy requirements in terms of certifications and things like that—these are all important things, right? So it's not just cost; it's not just vendor performance. There's a lot of, of value that the modern procurement function can bring to the organization, and it's really—you know—at this point, I think it's the responsibility of the organization to optimize for those things.
2: Yeah, totally, and that's—that's that's a great foundation for today's conversation. I, I mean, when we we think about some of the points that you were just touching on, right? We, we, we know that procurement is often tasked with running a process that's aligned with the organizational goals, right? And so as we see more organizations setting impact goals, either tied to UN SDGs or, or, or other just kind of ESG and sustainability metrics, can you talk a little bit about the way Ready RFX helps organizations?
0: Yes. yes. Um, a lot of it, you know, like like I was just mentioning a moment ago, goes back to your your vendors and who you're working with, right? Um, obviously, you know, when you first think about bringing you know a paper based process online, you're killing less trees, you're making things more efficient, right? So there's that aspect of things, um, but really once you once you bring this stuff online, you start capturing all of this data, right? And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to make the argument that it's the data that drives our ability to improve our sustainability and improve, you know, our, our supply chain behavior or you know, supply chain risk. It's that data enables us to start to see things like not only where am I spending my money, how am I spending my money, who am I spending it with, you know, how successful are my purchases based on, uh, you know, relative to the requirements that were established based on performance evaluation after the fact we can start to marry these pieces up, right? And combine them with the information that we have about our vendors. So it's it's the organizational performance in terms of, you know, dollars, but then the organizational performance in terms of hitting sustainability goals that allows us to, you know, gain these actionable insights um, and evolve the organization itself, not just the procurement department, but start to really affect the behavior of the entire organization um, and analyze the trends and how these things are changing. You know, are are the changes that we're making to improve our sustainability? Are they working? Are are we heading in the right direction? Can we measure this? You know, a lot of what you think about, I think, you know, at least I do, when I start to focus on non-monetary factors, become more qualitative, right? And I think it's important, you know, in able in, in order to be able to manage those things, right? If you're not if you're not measuring it. How can you manage it? Um, so it needs to be brought into the realm of quantifiable data, right? So when we look at our organization's performance, that quantifiable data needs to be there in order for us to improve and ensure that we're improving the function. Um, and it's our ability to capture the data and marry it together that really enables us to do this. Um, we don't have you know anything like oh you know, numerically assigned. Um uh, you know, uh, social credit score or anything like that, that sounds kind of dystopian. but you have your reputation, right? Um, and I mentioned before, not taking these sorts of things into consideration as your organization is operating, you know, leaves you open to massive risk reputation damage, if not financial damage, from, you know ex, you know egregious misbehavior within your organization or supply chain.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, you touch, you touched on a few things that I'd like to un, unpack. Um, the first being I wanted to talk about efficiencies and kind of the tie to sustainability there, but also just you talked about some of those those risk factors, and I, I would say there's you know there's also a ton of opportunity factors as well, which I, I hope we can get to. But circling back to those efficiencies, something that Ben and our team, our, our director of impact, often talks about is when businesses are more efficient, like just by definition. They're more sustainable, there's less waste there, and so I'm wondering just because you touched on it, can you share a little bit more about the way Ready RFX helps procurement departments and teams be more efficient and how that might affect their overall kind of sustainability, both as a department and as an organization as a
0: whole? Of course, yeah. So, efficiency within the procurement department is you know obviously one of our prime focuses, right? And you know, I, I talked about you know, you bring these things online, they used to be paper based, right? So, I ran an RFP. 10, five years ago, I was literally receiving mail from my vendors with their proposals. You know, I was literally printing out proposals, multiple copies for everybody in the evaluation team to, to take a look at um, and, and score them based on that. So obviously there's efficiencies just on you know bringing things online. That's, you know, we've known that since the nineties, That's nothing new, but there's additional efficiencies that I think can be enabled by, um, Bringing processes online, and, and we didn't really talk too much about it, but uh, you know, Ready RFx is very much a process-driven application, right? Like it's it's intended to make sure that everyone does things the correct way, you know, according to Hoyle every time. Um, and there's, I think, two benefits that kind of spin out of that. One, it's not that your procurement officers have to do everything anymore, right? A lot of what needs to go into an RFP or an RFQ is just as, if not more appropriate, to be determined by the buyer than it is by the procurement officer, right? Procurement officer has no idea what type of widget you need, what color, what size, or whatever it needs to be. It's the buyer that does that. And by kind of optimizing and collecting data from the buyer before it even gets to the procurement officer, you know, a lot of that upfront legwork can be done. We call it democratizing procurement, right? So essentially letting the, the people who need the stuff determine what stuff they need bring it back to the procurement officer only when things need to be actually looked at signed off on approved all those sorts of things so from just from the perspective of the efficiency of the procurement function itself right whether it's one person or 100 people you know we're taking a lot off their plate and allowing them to do the actually important part of their job so i think there's there's certainly that and then, in terms of you know, efficiencies that you gain outside of, of just that, you know the interaction with your vendors, the interaction between team members, all of that is also you know, optimized. And, and because you're not you know, going out to your email to search for something and find something because you, know, you don't have to like print out proposals and things like that, to your point about you know just the business operating more efficiently and, and being more sustainable from that standpoint um, you know a procurement solution like ReadyRFX, you know certainly enables those sorts of, of efficiencies that provide sustainability so so to your point yeah, I mean it, it's it the efficiency delivered by the software is in a you know very real sense improving the sustainability of the procurement function
2: yeah no that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense Sense, I, I think that when you were talking about how that ties to some of the risk, like mitigating factors, if you will, there there seems to be some obvious ones, right? But with the shifting landscape that we're seeing, specifically around kind of um, carbon taxes and then fines related to uh, not following kind of new regulations that are rolling out, it seems like there's even more kind of risk factors that procurement departments. Are going to need to be paying attention to and also like the space seems to be evolving really really quickly so um i'm wondering just for those for those teams listening or those for those you know those folks listening that maybe are like just getting started on this journey understand kind of what's happening in this space but haven't really started to think about how they're um they're they're setting a plan uh to, to measure here can you talk a little bit about the way ready rfx would help them as they think about kind of their kind of bid management process and, and supply chain and mitigating some of the, the, the risk associated with uh, unexpected carbon taxes or, or, or kind of fines related to not following
0: protocol. Right. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about risk mitigation um, and that comes to play you know, when you're looking at putting into place a procurement or, or solicitation management solution. Right. One of the things that is difficult with risk management is predicting the future. Right? Obviously, we can't do that perfectly. We have some idea of things that are coming down the pike in terms of whether it's a social trend or whether it's an actual you know, law or regulation that we need to adhere to, things like that. One of the kind of foundational principles behind RFX is that it's not a static system. Um, I mentioned it's built on top of a, a business process platform, essentially, that lets us very readily change the way that the application works to meet criteria like you know laws regulations those sorts of things it's it's a very malleable process Uh, what we aim to do is make sure like i said the procurements are executed the same way every time so you don't necessarily need to know the intricacies of the procurement process to do it right and to follow all of the rules but the question, you know becomes you know what happens when I need to start tracking my carbon emissions, you know, if, if we're you know entered into a carbon you know market or we have to pay a carbon tax or what have you, uh, what happens when ESG regulations get rolled into your procurement processes? Those are the sorts of things that you need to future proof against by delivering a solution that can adapt to those changes, that can change process or change business rules to match the evolving landscape is a really important consideration. You don't want to be stuck waiting for the vendor to release the next version to fix that thing. Um, Whether it's the processes that we ship for an RFP don't match up exactly with your RFP, or if you're now subject to new regulations, the application is meant to evolve along with you and along with the regulations that you would need to adhere to. This is one of the reasons why we really view it as a fit for regulated markets, right? These are uh, organizations that have to deal with very stringent procurement rules that happen the same way every time. I don't know if you've ever worked with the DOD, but if you ever read the FAR, which is essentially the set of rules that you need to adhere to when you're selling to the federal government, you're not gonna hit all of them manually, right? You need something there to tell you this is against the procurement process, right? We need to do X or we need to do Y. Um, and, and putting that in place is, is a huge part of risk management and future proofing. I think there's other, there's other pieces to consider too, you know, especially trust in the system, right? By bringing all of the you know, the manner in which the procurements are performed into a system that can guarantee that the rules are being followed does a lot to increase the trust on, on two different sides, right? It increases the trust amongst your stakeholders and buyers, and it increases your trust with vendors. Um, one of the things that we see a lot um, in you know, the government space primarily is that you know, there's a solicitation, somebody issues, maybe an agency issues an RFP, awards it. Uh, for one reason or another, one or more vendors who lost, say protesting, right? You didn't do that right. It's essentially pulls you into it's not a lawsuit, but you know, it essentially pulls you into a legal proceeding. And it becomes up to the agency that did the procurement to justify the way that they did the procurement. right? So how do you manage that risk? Well, again, it's by ensuring that you did it the same way as you've done every other procurement and followed the same rules that you followed for every other procurement. And those rules are transparently provided to all of the parties involved. The second piece of that is complete auditability. Right? So risk management through auditability is important too. I can give you a list of every person that logged in and downloaded the solicitation. I can give you a list of every action that was taken I can give you a list of every piece of data that was changed. This is all incredibly important in terms of risk management because after the fact it gives you you know that paper trail that says I did this according to the way that it was supposed to be done so if you're protesting on those grounds we can throw that out immediately right? and, and that reduces a ton of overhead um, you know. especially like I said we see that a lot in government procurements but um, you know happens elsewhere also. And just transparency in your supply chain, right? So who is your organization doing business with, right? How, how do I trust that you are doing business with people that I also would trust? Um, and, and having the ability to, to provide that transparency into your supply chain, having the ability to certify essentially that your suppliers are meeting the same criteria that you've set out for yourself. Um, you know is also really important, and, and that trust. You know, I, I mentioned reputation before, right? That, that's essentially what that gets back to. It's 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 not just that you're protecting your reputation from taking a hit if you did something bad, yeah. right? You're also putting your um, your reputation out there and saying, "Look, these are, are the values that my organization is is very much tied to and is committed to." These are the other third parties that we deal with, and we ensure that we don't deal with third parties that don't follow those same values as we do. And, and so it's, it's trust all across the board, right? So, I mean, it's, it's radical transparency. Uh, it's, it's putting your cards on the table, essentially, and saying, you yeah, know, this, this is our goal, right? This is what we plan to do for sustainability. These are the parties that we deal with. We're making sure that they have the same rules.
2: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I know anyone who's been like a long-time listener of um responsibly different uh podcast knows our our guests often talk about supply chain transparency and knowing that many people listening to this conversation might be um on an impact team or in the in a marketing department. Can you talk a little bit about the ways in which your your platform would help other other kind of Organizational stakeholders get visibility into that transparency um, to use that for kind of commun- like external uh, communications. I think one of the things that we right we talk about um, again on this podcast a lot is like, hey, customers, um, both in the B two B side as well as in the in in the consumer market, like they care and they want they want to they want to know who are you working with, what does your supply chain look like? But if you're an organization that that currently doesn't have, you know. A, platform that, that gives that visibility and it's kind of a siloed process, that can be challenging. So can you talk a little bit about that in, in ways in which um, this, you know, RFX can give more more visibility to, to multiple stakeholders and not just those?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so I think we, we very early on in the conversation touched on data, right? Um, we at this point, you could say we have more data than we know what to do with. Right, um, and and that's a challenge for a lot of organizations out there. Right, so your procurement office is generating a lot of data. Uh, you're probably capturing it in some way. It might be in spreadsheets. It might be in you know enterprise applications. It might be in your ERP system. Um, but one of the things that I think is really incumbent on the procurement department is to figure out how to take that data and make it digestible for the rest of the organization, right? So it's not um, just that using a solution like ReadyRFX allows you to capture that procurement data. And we also employ advanced analytics and and things like that to start to understand um, across the organization, right? So it's not just that the procurement department starts to understand how well they're functioning. It's that we start to be able to push out information about our procurement function to other stakeholders in the organization to our supply chain to our customers all right obviously there's different pieces of information that are relevant to all of those different uh, you know groups but in the end we have the data at this point to give them you know how well we're, we're tracking against what our sustainability goals are right actual quantifiable metrics against those things And the you know, essentially, being and I, I touched on this earlier. Being able to marry up, you know, the data that we've captured about our goals, what we're tracking towards, and the procurement information that we've captured—that's purely financial and, and operational. Being able to marry those two things up gives us insights that we didn't previously have, and most importantly, makes it so that the other stakeholders, you know, primarily the folks above us in the org ladder or the org chart can see what's going on are we tracking towards our esg and sustainability goals are we you know making changes that can allow us to track towards those things i use for the term radical transparency um, it's it's something that's very important um, and and modern analytics the ability to take all of that data and crunch it in ways that we weren't crunching it before um, is one of the things that enables us to not just deliver data, right? So anybody can deliver data. I can write queries all day long and and send you, you know, tables of information. I can send you spreadsheets. It's actually digesting that information down into relevant, digestible, quantifiable facts, metrics that we can point to and say, our goal is X and we've hit X plus whatever, or we're, you know, hit 90% of X or, or whatever that happens to be. If if we can't track against that, and our management can't track against that, we don't have any way of optimizing for it. And I think you know a lot of the systems that we deal with and the data that we capture at this point is voluminous enough to give us the ability to gain those sorts of insights.
2: Yeah, that's really helpful because again, I think a, a lot of folks listening are are going to be coming to this conversation. They're they're you know they're in charge of their organizations like B Corp sort of, Figure out how do they have access, to what they need, or maybe they are in charge of preparing the organization's kind of impact report. They're in, they're being tasked with kind of that data visualization side of it and turning it into internal and external comms. Um, but just kind of getting their finger on it in a, in a really um, simple and easy way. Not that I want to take too far of a step back, but also understanding that everybody is going to be coming to this conversation from like a different understanding of. Right. We're not this is not a, a podcast necessarily for procurement professionals. So can you just talk a little bit about the just like from like a broad perspective, the way your platform helps procurement teams like adjust sourcing criteria to include organizational goals around environmental, social governance or kind of sustainability and in, in kind of how that can be factored into purchasing decisions to create a more purposeful approach to supplier selection?
0: All right. So I think it would make sense to give a little bit of an overview about ready RFX and just kind of what it is and and how we position it. Um, you know, we've been saying the word procurement over and over, um, where ready RFX kind of fits into that is what we call public solicitation management. You know, um, the president of consulting company, a lot of the work that we get, we get by responding to RFPs, RFQs, what have you that are issued by companies, government agencies, NGOs. And so when I talk about, you know, RF or ReadyRFX specifically, you know, I'm talking about the process that it automates, which is, you know, from the planning of creating an RFP or an RFQ or an RFI through its advertisement, through the actual issuing of the solicitation to gathering responses from the vendors, creating an internal team to score those, scoring the proposals, negotiating an award, recommending the award... And then, at several places throughout there's throughout that process, you know, essentially approving something, right? So, an advertisement before it gets published needs to be approved. And so, you know, you know, an obvious question is how does that enable us um, to kind of support those, you know, whether it's an impact team or sustainability team or, or what have you? Um, and then, how can we help? the organization as a whole kind of adjust to you know how the, the whole market's kind of evolving and how procurement in general is evolving. Um, so to ad- address the question basically of how we make sure, you know, in the actual solicitation process and the selection and award process that we're dealing with vendors um, who can hit our goals or align with our values uh, comes down to a couple different things. So first, Obviously when you're creating an RFP, there's going to be evaluation criteria of some sort, right? How are you going to score these proposals? Um, and I mentioned essentially that there's a dedicated team that's formed for a proposal or for a solicitation to essentially score the proposals. And they're given a list of evaluation criteria in order to do that. Um, and what the system does is it suggests, you know, based on the type of procurement, what the questions or or evaluation criteria should be that the vendors need to respond to. Right. And as you know, the, you know, like, like we've been talking about and as you know, kind of the market evolves and we start to focus on additional items that, that, you know, are important for our functioning, our efficiency, our reputation, all those sorts of things. Um, you know, it becomes important to adjust what those evaluation criteria are and what evaluation criteria are suggested in order to line up with our goals. Right? So when somebody's submitting a proposal, it's forefront in the minds of the evaluators that they also need to be adhering to these sustainability goals and not just delivering you know on some technical requirement. Right? So making it an important part of actually the selection of an awardee when you're doing a solicitation it becomes very important. Just as if not, I would say more important is after the fact, vendor performance evaluation. Right? So and and we've left vendor management as a whole thing kind of out of this, right? We've been talking about vendor management in the context of you know, solicitations and, and your supply chain. Vendor performance on contracts becomes very important. So once you've selected and awarded a particular vendor for some piece of work or for some purchase. Obviously, there is a buyer involved within the organization, um, and obviously they're going to be in a place to give you feedback on how that vendor performed. Um, And one of the things that ReadyRFX enables is the ability to capture post-award information about the vendor, how they performed, how they hit the criteria, you know, was their performance in line with what our expectations were in terms of the way that they do business. You know, are they hitting the same goals that we've laid out for them for sustainability, ESG, all those kinds of factors. Um, And the reason that that's important is because that then enables you in future solicitations to know, okay, I have my set of vendors who might be appropriate for this, but these guys didn't do a good job last time we hired them, right? And, And incorporating that back into your selection of future vendors optimizes over time the body of vendors that you're doing business with to align with your corporate goals, right? So I think that's really important. I think there's another aspect that, you know, is important uh, from the from the perspective of making sure that, you know, if you have an impact team in your organization or, um, you know, you have a group responsible for sustainability or you know whatever needs to be represented on a procurement team you know just like you have an evaluation team who actually scores proposals and things like that there's the procurement team that's running the actual end to end for the procurement which is to say generally some representative from the procurement office generally some buyer elsewhere within the organization uh, you know approvers that are appropriate for that spending level and department or material group or whatever however the Purchases being classified. I think it also becomes important to incorporate those additional, you know, whether it's sustainability team member or whether it's, you know, even an impact team uh, who are responsible for making sure that the organization is evolving in the ways that we were talking about before, um, including them on the procurement team itself. Right. So when you're running a solicitation, it's not necessarily that it should be up to the procurement team itself to say, you know, these vendors match or these vendors don't. It's just as important to have steps in the process where that sustainment team or that impact team is explicitly involved. So typically what happens, you know, you're running a procurement, you have to create an advertisement that's going to get issued to your community of vendors, that advertisement before it gets published needs to be reviewed by somebody for a whole different set of criteria to make sure, again, you know, in some way damaging your reputation by issuing this advertisement in that same way, you know, once we've established what the actual parameters of the work or materials that are being purchased are going to be, you know, what are the requirements that go hand in hand with that along with our sustainability goals? Um, And it's, like I said before, because you know these processes are malleable and they're made to evolve over time to match your needs, you can incorporate anywhere along the line. And like I said, it probably would be after the requirements for the RFP or RFQ have been finalized. Have the sustainment team come in or the impact team come in, and they can also you know participate in the approval processes. Or you know when you have a gated review, they can have a sign off that says you know the plan for this procurement doesn't. Necessarily meet our goals in terms of you know putting in place controls that make sure that our sustainability goals you know the requirements here aren't in line and if you don't do that up front and include you know your sustainability folks or your impact team up front then you're going to wait until far too late in the process for it to be a cheap fix right you're going to have to rewind the procurement potentially um, and once you do that then now you've started to get outside the bounds of how it was supposed to be done. Right. And, uh, it's by incorporating those sorts of team members within the procurement team. Now you can start to address those challenges further up in the process. And if you go off the rails in that regard, it becomes less costly of a mistake and it can be rectified.
2: Yeah, no, that's really, really helpful. I, you know, it sounds like whether or not it's, Ready RFx or another platform, like something that allows collaboration between different teams early on in the process is critical. Um, if you know we're going to realize this vision, stick value in that in that same vein. I mean, it does seem like the market has agreed that um, there's importance of kind of procurement's expanded role going beyond stakeholder value, but still most of the metrics that are being reported on are kind of focused on cost-saving cost, cost saving metrics, right, um, and, and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about the way your platform would kind of broaden the scope and the spectrum of kind of measurable impacts, in particular around kind of mitigating some of the risks around uh, not following through with some of those sustainability measures or ESG measures? Is that something you're able to, to, to speak
0: to a little bit? A little bit. I mean, more in general. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that there's – a huge portion of what we focus on is risk mitigation, right? And I think when you start looking at, well, really there's two aspects to this, right? There's risk mitigation, but then there's also just operating your organization in a way that aligns with your values, right? In terms of risk mitigation, if you're not taking these things into consideration, if you're not incorporating these factors into the way that you're running your procurements, you're opening up your organization to massive risks. Right. Um, And I mentioned reputational damage before, but that's not the only potential risk. You know, if you're dealing with supply chain vendors or if you have people in your supply chain and they're not necessarily uh, operating, again, according to the values that you have or even worse, you know, sidestepping regulations or laws or what have you, you know, potentially there could become a very significant financial burden imposed on you. Right. so it's it's not just a reputational thing. There is also you know to the stakeholder potentially a hit to the bottom line if you're not addressing these things up front. You mentioned some of the regulations you know that have been coming about in the EU. You know we certainly expect to see these things hit stateside. Uh, you know the, it's it's going to become more and more important to make sure that in your supply chain you're addressing these concerns. All right, so it goes beyond just reputation. It goes beyond. Um, you know some of what I was talking about before, and it actually can go back into stakeholder monetary value. So just to address a little bit about how RFX, uh, you know, enables us to address some of you know the considerations that we've been talking about. Um, you know, I've, I've used the word "malleable" several times. Uh, what really we ship the product with are suggested best practices. So. How do you run your RFPs? How do you run your RFQs, RFIs, sole source procurements? We we ship out of the box ready to do those things according to best practices that we've seen in the industry, academic research, those sorts of things. But it really addresses those problems around how to efficiently run a procurement. It doesn't necessarily give you the ability to make it so that Um, you know, you can add additional steps without the underlying platform that the product is built on, right? So we build on top of, you know, what we call in the industry a low-code platform. Uh, Essentially, by looking at a picture of the procurement process and dragging things around, you can add steps. So if you need, you know, a a review somewhere within the procurement process, maybe before it's published and distributed to your vendors, your ESG team needs to come in and, and review things. The process can be changed in that way. If there's pieces of data that aren't on forms, those fields can be added, right? So we try to make every piece of the product as malleable as possible. And really what that enables us, you know, in the context of this conversation, enables us to do is to, to start to take those sorts of things into consideration if we haven't already, right? So if there's some KPIs for your vendors that you're trying to track, and we didn't think of that out of the box, but your organization needs it, The platform is malleable enough to add that data right and and there's going to be things that are specific to your organization that aren't necessarily specific across the board when we talk about sustainability and it's you know the business rules it's the underlying processes themselves it's the screens that your users interact with uh, it's the reports that you're reporting on your data all of those things because of the flexibility of ready rfx you know, we're able to introduce those and, and drive, by changing the software essentially or modifying the software, drive our organization towards hitting the goals that we're trying to hit. right? And without being able to add those sorts of checks, without being able to change our business rules, you really have a hard time doing that. If you've worked with one of the you know big procurement vendors, it's you're familiar with the user experience and typically you're expected to change the way that you do things to do things the way that they do things, which essentially means that your impact team is sitting there waiting for the software vendor to make changes, All right? Not ideal. You know, and, and we talk a little bit more about this, right? So there's obviously the, the people aspect of it also. So in a number of different ways, you know, like we said before, sustainability it isn't just about the, you know, environment. It's not just about, you know, some of the harder to quantify uh, considerations. It's also about things like, you know, your users using this on a daily basis, right? How efficient are they? Um, and more to the point, perhaps, you know, like, does using your software make them want to come to work in the morning, right? Or probably more to the point, does it make them not want to come to work in the morning? So that's an important point, user experience of the application. Um, you know, we've, again, followed, you know, the best practices out there. Um, but have the ability to to change if required, or as you know, kind of standards evolve and those sorts of things. Um, those are again, you know, the sorts of future proofing that RFX kind of enables us to address. As you know, it's been adopted for running solicitations, but it can be used in order to more closely align your organization with your organization's long term goal. Yeah.
2: No, that makes a lo- makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you kind of taking the time to dive in there. It does make me think about where this is all going. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat just for a minute. I mean, considering this conversation that we've just had about the expanding purpose of procurement, um, how do you see procurement leaders leveraging their position and and frankly, platforms like yours to leave a lasting legacy, both in terms of sustainability, as well as kind of holistic value creation?
0: So I think it's interesting where, uh, sustainability folks and procurement folks, you know, kind of fall within the organization, right? It's they're inextricably tied to each other. Right? In order for our organizations to evolve and, and kind of line up with these kind of goals um, that are becoming more and more apparent that we should be adhering to, the sustainability function very much needs to be tied to the procurement function, and it's incumbent upon us, you know, as somebody who's providing the tools that your procurement folks are using on a daily basis to enable them to drive towards those goals and enable them to work with sustainability folks in order to make sure that the procurement office is doing what it can to support the goal of the organization in terms of its impact team, in terms of its sustainability team. You know, whatever metrics you're tracking towards, whatever um, structures you've put in place in terms of manpower to make sure that you're driving towards those things, there's an inextricable link between the purchasing that your organization does, your organization's supply chain, and those goals. So as, as somebody who looks at this from you know, the technology side of things, I view it as something that you know, is, is incumbent upon me and is incumbent upon our organization to deliver a product that can enable that, right? that can help the procurement function line up with the organization's goals and improve the organization's performance in terms of those goals. Right. And if we're not tracking towards those goals, at the very least be able to provide the insights through analytics that can tell us why we're not, or tell us how we can make changes so that we do.
2: I wonder, Bill, if somebody has been listening to this conversation and they're asking themselves like, Hey, I, I'd like to get more involved in the permit function at my organization. Or I, I want to better understand the type of tools and systems that we have to know if we're able to leverage some of the things that we talked about. Do you have any kind of tips or suggestions on what people can kind of bring to their internal organization to better unpack this with their teams?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and obviously there's an endless set of tools out there that people are using. Um, and I don't want to talk bad about any of those, so I won't. It's a conversation that really needs to be brought up at in in a very broad way within the organization. Um, There's a lot of people in most organizations that might have a vested interest in saying, I don't want anything to have, I don't want to have anything to do with this, right? Like I don't know how it's going to affect my performance. I don't know how it's going to affect my bottom line, rather not deal with it from the organization standpoint. I don't think that that's a position that you can hold these days. And because of that, we need to be able to, to make sure that our organizations are evolving in such a way that the goals that we set for ourselves in order to do business according to our values right are something that we can achieve and something that we can work towards and you know in the end it really comes down to setting what those values are right so how, how do you achieve that you, you can't achieve it. Until you've decided as an organization, you know we want to improve our performance here, right? Whether, well, I, you know, that could be any metric that, that you pick. You know, sustainability covers a very broad area of topics. ESG covers a very broad area of topics. There's a lot of lofty goals that we want to head towards, and we can't do that without a them being measurable and b there being a consensus around them. So, in terms of bringing that into the organization. It's a conversation that needs to be had pretty broadly and needs to be had at the top levels.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Emerging Hope. As always, we have links in the show notes for you to learn more about our guests today and their offerings, as well as any relevant links to the content we cover. If you're enjoying this episode of Emerging Hope on the Responsibly Different podcast, let us know and we'll keep them coming. Simply leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts for Responsibly Different and share with us what you liked most so that we can continue to bring you more of it. It also helps more folks like yourself find this content, which helps us continue to produce it for you. We appreciate you. Till next time, be responsibly different. This content is made possible by Deargo Collective, a media consultancy on a mission to turn consumers into activists, one purchase at a time. To learn more about Deargo Collective, visit the link in your show notes. This episode was produced by Brittany Angelo and yours truly, Ben Marine. Music was licensed from B Corp certified Marmoset Music. To access more resources, visit responsiblydifferent.com.